we now find ourselves in a series about relationships. First two, uh, the first two sermons pertain to our relationship with God. We talked about a life without God. We see every day in the news, we see the results of people who live lives without God. It's a sad world to live in when you don't have God. We also considered last week our relationship with Jesus, the one who is our greatest friend, who loves us more than any other, the one who gave his life for us and invites us into relationship with him and with his Father, with the Spirit. And today we go to our next topic. We begin to think about our relationship with others, other people, other men and women and children here in this life. And we consider one of the first relationships, well, I guess it has to be the first relationship besides our relationship with God, the relationship with our parents. I want to begin with a very basic principle that is going to apply from here on out. It relates... Relates it, it brings together the idea of our relationship with God and our relationship with man and how intertwined they are. Because if we're going to have a good relationship with God, then we've got to seek good relationships with others. So as we consider uh, today this idea of parents and our relationship with Him, we first set down this primary principle, a foundational principle that's found in Scripture. And I'd ask you to turn to Romans chapter 12 first. Romans chapter 12. We're looking at verses 14 through 18. And 18 is the verse I want to get to, but the verses before it set a context, which is very, uh, it's, it's just amazing, very humbling. And uh, we've got to consider how important this concept is how far-reaching this primary principle is. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind. But associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, but beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written. And he continues on. So in this context, you see, it starts in verse 14 with people who are in great opposition to, or perhaps might be in great opposition to you. Those who persecute you, you bless them. And he goes back to it right after verse 18 and verse 19. He says, don't take your own revenge. So here it is, it's about relationships, even in the sense if somebody is not allowing you to have a great relationship, if things are going bad and somebody's turning ugly towards you, you don't curse them, you don't get revenge, you bless and do not curse. The principle I put is this, make great effort 
to live at peace with everyone. Try your very best. The verse says, if possible, so far as it depends on you. So you, you, can't, uh, you can't change another person, right? But you can do your very best to be in a good relationship with everyone. All men, all people is that thought. This is talking about everyone, whether you meet a stranger on the street, you want to be at peace with them. And remember the idea of peace. As we studied a couple years ago, or a year ago, I don't remember how long it's been. Peace. That word uh, going through all through Scripture from the very beginning. Shalom. The idea of peace is completeness and wholeness. So peace isn't the idea that... And so from that idea of completeness and wholeness, if we are going to have... When we think of having peace, we think of not having conflict with somebody. We think of two countries being at peace with one another. And we think, well, that means they're not fighting. Well... That stems from the concept of wholeness and completeness. If two countries are truly at peace with one another, they're working together. They're working in such a way that they help each other. It's not just the, the, uh, the absence of conflict. It's the presence of wholeness. It's the presence of peace. It's the presence of a complete relationship that's not broken. So when we talk about having peace with God, it doesn't mean that, well, I don't, I'm not in conflict with God. God says, no, I, I get that. I don't want to be in conflict with you either. But God says, but I want, when I say I want to have peace with you, I want to have a complete, whole relationship with you. I want to be one with you. I want to love you and to be loved by you. That is the essence of shalom. That's the essence of peace. So as we think about our relationships, <laughs> and there might be, you think about the, who's the hardest person that you know in your life to have a good relationship with? Who is it? Don't say it out loud. It might be somebody sitting close to you, right? Don't say that. But uh, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? It's And here is the scripture right before us, and it's saying, I want you to have a whole and complete relationship with everybody you meet. Well, the world needs some peace, doesn't it? We're so divided. It's such a chaotic place to live now, it seems. Nobody lives at peace. It's so difficult and hard. And Paul writes on behalf of Christ, and he says, if it's possible, as much as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Be at peace with everyone. Not just those who are close to you, not just those you love, but those who are your neighbors that are obnoxious and play the music too loud, or those who you work near. And, um, you know, it's just, and even this con, you know, it's uh, that don't be wise in your own estimation. Don't be haughty in your mind, but associate with the lowly. Sometimes there's people that you might just look at and say, oh, I don't want to read, you know, they, I'll just stay over here, they can go over there, and we don't want to, that's natural. And God says, don't be that way. I want you to have a complete, whole relationship with people, unbroken relationships with people. That's what I want, 
So that's what we all should want. It's not always going to be possible, but if possible, so far as it depends upon you, you better do your part to have that kind of relationship. You need to seek peace with everyone. So now we turn and we think about children to parents. All of us have, have uh, came into this world. Someone gave us life. We all have a mother and father. Probably not everybody knows who that is, perhaps. Maybe there is somebody else who has stepped in and served in, in that role for you. Maybe you've been under the guardianship of somebody. And we've got somebody then who has reared us and raised us and taught us. Probably some of you are in the process of that now, still uh, still low, growing and learning, still young people learning how to sit in church and listen. <laughs> you got two looks. Jack, I was looking at you, though. You looked at Luke. I was looking at you. <laughs> We're still learning. This is, and, and this is interesting as we look then to this passage, children, the first thing that we thought of is children obey your parents in the Lord. So you go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 is the passage that we start, start from. It gives us really our entire outline for today. And in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So just pause for a second and if you look back to uh, Chapter 5, verse 22, it says it talks to the wives. And then in verse 25, it talks to the husbands. And then in chapter 6, verse 1, it talks to the children. And then chapter 6, verse 4, it talks to the fathers. And then in chapter 6, verse 5, it talks to the slaves. These are talking, these are family units that are being spoken. These are, this passage, this section of Scripture is hitting every relationship. So we can look at chapter 6, verse 1, and know that when it says children, it's not, a, it's not like an elder talking to some young person in the faith. This is actually talking to children. Young children who are living at home, being raised by their parents. So this, is, this command, that's my first point, this command is to children still at home. I will note there are some times that, the, um, that children is used in the scripture, and it's talking about young people in the faith. We're all children of God. We're all children who are growing and learning. Some of us are younger than others when it comes to Christ and our relationship with Him. So we're all children, but this passage is speaking specifically to children who are at home in a family. So letter B then, it's a, the command is obey your parents in the Lord. So you young people, there is a command that comes from God to obey your parents. And that word obey, it really means listen. Hear them intently, listening to them to do what they say. You have to listen to your parents. I love... Uh, the thought of James chapter 1 verse 19 and in that passage it uses the phrase be quick to listen if you're not a parent yet uh, if there's any passage that I would tell you to know and to be able to teach your children it's just this phrase at the end of James 1 19 be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry 
So much right there. If you can teach your children to do that, and you learn to do that yourself as a parent, that you can be tell, teach them to be quick to listen, and we also have to listen as parents. Uh, we're talking about parents next week. I'm jumping ahead, right? Uh, but teach your children to be quick to listen, and then you can also learn to be slow to speak as a parent. Sometimes that's important, and slow to become angry. It's a good thing to learn. Teach your children to be thoughtful and listen and not get angry. So keep that one in mind, you parents. And you children, listen to that. When your parents say something, when you're being taught something, when you're asked to do something, God wants us to listen, to obey, and He wants us to do it quickly. Be quick to listen. So back to this phrase then, children, obey your parents in the Lord. I want to mention this phrase, in the Lord. This indicates, not as I used to, I used to want, it's kind of a weird phrase, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So it, it doesn't mean that you, can, you only have to obey them if they're Christians. That's not the thought there. It means, and we're going to see in another verse, it indicates that obedience is Obeying your parents is a part of what pleases God. He wants every child to obey their parents. Hopefully you got good parents that are teaching you how to live right and do right. And it pleases God if you will listen to them. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Um, Colossians chapter 3. I didn't mark that. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Just a few pages away. Verse number 20. Colossians 3.20, it says children, and, then, and again, it's in the context of wives and husbands and slaves. Very similar passage here. Um, it says, children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So one of the things as you children, as you want to please God, then you will obey your parents. That will keep your relationship with your parents whole, complete, and keep peace there. Uh, letter E under this first point about obeying parents. Your parents are teaching you so that you may have a good life and a long life. Back to Ephesians, our main verse. I am uh, skipping a couple of thoughts in here. But as, it, as you read in verses 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. You want to know the promise? So that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. That thought of that it may be well with you. So that it can be good. You want your Parents want your life to be good. They're teaching you to have a good life and a long life. They don't want you to grow up foolish and die. And people, children, you need to learn to obey your parents so that you can receive this promise of a good and long life. Someday you will leave and have responsibility for yourself. As you think about that promise that was given of a good and long life, there is this thought that you are right now under the responsibility of your parents, but someday you're going to have your own life. You're going to be responsible for yourself. And so as you 
learn to be respectful and learn what your parents are trying to teach you, then you can realize that someday you are going to have your own life, be able to go out and make your decisions. Uh, We all make mistakes along the way. I think that's true of other people besides me. We make our mistakes, but we continue to grow and learn. Our parents put us on that path to learning from our mistakes and growing, maturing, and living a good, long life. So that's a a quick lesson to young children about obeying parents. Hopefully we've all had relationships with parents who taught us well, who were godly parents, who were ones who uh, really kind of fit the mold of what parents should be. Uh, But that isn't always the case. It's not an ideal world. But I pray that we all can look back with respect And think about the ones who brought life to us. Children, you make sure that you're growing in that regard now. Obey your parents and learn from them. But then we grow up, right? And we, most of us here, have grown up. Some of us have grown up for a long time. And maybe your parents are no longer here with you. Um... Many of us have grown up and we still have the opportunity to have a relationship with our parents. And so we move on to point number two then, a point that scripture makes. And I think, I know that, um, I'll just use Ephesians chapter six, verse two. And I will say that that young children certainly are to honor your father and mother. You hold them in high regard That's why you listen to them, because you respect them. But this is something that we should do all of our days. So as we become adults, we're added to this command. This is a command that we did when we were young, and we never stop. We never stop honoring our father and mother. We live at peace with them. We try to have this entire, complete, whole relationship with them. And that's important because God commands it. Live at peace with everyone. As much as it depends upon you, have the right relationship. So as we think about our relationships with our parents, even we adults, and children, this still applies to you. This is to adults and children, is that we must honor our father and our mother. Honor our parents. Hold them in high regard. This is, and it says that in verse number 2 of Ephesians, this is the first commandment with a promise. It's a commandment from the Old Covenant, isn't it? You know where you find it? Where was this commandment given? It's one of the ten. Do you know what number it is? Well, if you're looking at the outline, this commandment to honor your father and your mother, it falls between commands about God and commands about men. The commandment to honor your father and mother is the fifth commandment. So jump with me back to, you can go back to Exodus 20, and you can list them there, but I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 5, 
when he says it again, because in Ephesians, it's actually a quote from Deuteronomy. There is just a slight thing that, that has been added by Moses as he recounts the giving of the law. So in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse number 16 is where you'll find the passage. And it says, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you in the land. That's the part that that now is added as they get ready to enter the promised land, that it may go well with you, that you may live long on earth or long in the land. So that's the part that Deuteronomy includes if you flip back to Exodus 20. It's not included there. But otherwise, the commandments are given much the same way. So as you look at um, the other commandments, commandment number one is verse 7. And the first four, look at how these are in relationship to God and holiness, our relationship with Him. Verse 7, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment 2 is verse 8. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness. All right, don't worship them. So that's a part of an idol will get in our way of our relationship with God. Commandment number 3 is in verse 11. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Um, If you're like me, I thought for years and years, it wasn't until recent that I truly understood this, I always thought, you don't say God's name lightly. If you say God's name, that's you better be talking about God. And I think that's true. But that's not what this verse is intended to mean. Um, this is a side note. doesn't have any implication for the rest of us. But you shall not carry the name. That's the, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God. You don't take God's name and walk around this earth saying, I'm a child of God, and you do it in an empty way. Vain is empty. So don't carry the name of the Lord your God in vain. When you get immersed into Christ, you take the name of Jesus. You don't do that in a vain way. Don't take the name of Jesus and claim you're a child and go out here and tell everybody you're a child of God and live like the heathen. That will upset God like nothing else. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. If you've taken the name of the Lord, you better be living like it. That's the point of that verse. Uh, Commandment number four is observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So again, here's a command. This is how you can keep in a right relationship with God. Commandments 1 through 4 are directly dealing with God and how to relate to Him. And then in uh, verse 17, beginning there, you see the last four commandments. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. um, Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't covet your neighbor's wife or anything else. These, then suddenly, we're not dealing directly with God anymore, but it's suddenly about our fellow human beings. So there's relationship with God and relationship with others. And right in the middle is this command in verse 16. Honor your father and your mother. Now, which one would you put that in? Is it a category that's dealing with others, or is it with the category of dealing with God. If you can think of it that way. Maybe it's, I'm looking at it too simplistic. But I think it's right in the middle for a reason. 
And I think as we honor our father and mother and children, this is important for us when we're young to honor our father and mother. We're really learning how to honor the one that they represent. We're learning how to honor God. So honor your father and mother. Yes, that's a relationship on this earth that everybody has with another fellow human being. But in that relationship, you're learning to honor, learning how to think about accurately the one true God. And that's why it's such a scary thing to be a parent now. It's like, all right, I'm supposed to be teaching my kid what God's like. When they think about Father, they think about me. They think about him. Do they think about Him? Am I as a father teaching them about the Heavenly Father? Whew. Gets a little hard, doesn't it? But it's smack dab in the middle of those. And I think there's something to be said about it being right in the middle at number five. And so, letter B says, honoring our parents teaches us to honor God. So as we grow older, and me still, as um, almost 52 years old, a couple days away, I can still learn in my life that as I think about honoring my parents, and my mother is still here, how do I honor her? And that's the next question. How can we build a complete and whole relationship, a proper relationship with our parents? So my mom's still alive. How do I honor her? Because I can still honor her. How do I honor her? Well, you can think, it might be easier to ask this, well, how could I dishonor her? I could... Avoid her. I live three hours away. I could uh, keep myself from seeing her ever. That would be terrible dishonor. I can do things, though, to build that relationship and to care for her. I can provide for her. One of the slides that is up was from a passage from 1 Timothy, um, and it talks about how you should... Children and grandchildren should take care of widows, take care of their family members who are older. We honor people that way. Jesus got mad at the Pharisees because they were allowing grown adults to not take care of their parents who needed help. So how do we honor people? And if you have a parent who's still alive, you can think about what can I do in terms of a relationship, a proper relationship that will honor God. What can I do? And even now, even as an adult, I'm teaching my children that they're looking at me how I treat my mom, how I treat my parents, how you treat your parents. And they're learning from that. And it's teaching them about a relationship with the Father. So let us learn. Let us take to heart this very serious call for us, if possible, as far as it depends upon you, to live at peace with your parents. How can you build that relationship? And I also think, too, about... How do I honor my father who has passed on? How do I honor his parents? And how do I honor my, my, um, my mother's parents? How do I honor those folks who have gone on before? 
And there's something to be said about a name, isn't there? There's something to be said about carrying on and lifting up a family name. That brings honor to your parents, your grandparents, those who've gone on before, and it builds something for the future. It builds um, a hope for your family as they prepare to live. So I, I hope that You know, as we think about honoring our parents, it's more than just even having the right relationship with them, but building a name that carries a right relationship with others and encourages others. And uh, even though my dad is not alive now, uh, the thought is that, you know, we tend to think of them. They're looking down on us, though, right? We want to make them proud. Let us honor even those who've gone on or passed on. And perhaps those relationships that have had, had difficulties, perhaps even now there's the opportunity to, to make some good even out of those things that have been difficult. That's why I point out with letter D, the gospel invites broken relationships to be restored. This, uh, this passage we're going to is, is in Malachi, uh, the very last Last verse of the Old Testament. It's interesting. It's quoted in Luke. Um, But look at uh, Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Right before you get to the New Covenant teachings in Matthew. And it says, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And this, this... this verse, I'd love to sit down with you guys and talk about this one because I don't think I understand it. What's this talking about? Who is, what time, who, what, where, when, and all that? It's an interesting passage. But in verse 6 it says, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will come, that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. You know, and here's just the fact, the understanding that sometimes relationships, man, they're hard. And between parents and kids, um, whether adults, adult parents with adult kids or adult parents with young kids or young kids who are having kids, you know, life is, is tough and hearts can get hardened towards others. But Jesus invites those broken relationships to be restored. And I don't know if in verse number 6, He will restore. I don't know if that's a reference to Jesus coming and kind of bringing that. I think according to uh, uh, Luke, I think it is. But the point is, whether it's Him or the teaching of, uh, of Paul, John the Baptist to, to bring the hearts together, to restoration, restore the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. That's a beautiful thought. That's a wonderful, wonderful image and picture. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus can bring in the lives of those who love Him, who believe in Him. Life's not easy. Sometimes relationships are difficult and hard to keep up. And sometimes people make it impossible for a relationship to be maintained and for there truly to be peace. But 
if possible, as far as it depends on you. Romans 12.18. Work on that relationship. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. When you grow up and you're out on your own, you don't obey your parents in that same sense as when you were a kid. But you can continue to honor them and build that relationship with them. If it's possible, as far as it depends upon you. And may Christ be the one who gives you the strength to know with wisdom that you're doing all that you can. May He be your strength to to not retaliate evil for evil, but to return a, a, a blessing when you've been cursed. That is so difficult. But by the grace of Christ, you can do that. Yet, there is the reality that's given in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, verses, starting in verse 32, it says, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. So you got a choice. You can, you can accept Christ and not worry about what people say, or you can be concerned with what people say and deny Christ. Verse 34. In other words, there's a hard decision to make sometimes. Verse 34 capitalizes on that. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What a sad thing if you have someone in your life who won't allow you to keep a proper relationship with them. But if it comes down to it, the relationship that must be maintained is your relationship with Jesus Christ. In that sense, then, uh, you have the opportunity to have, um, in verse 36, a man's enemy, enemies will be members of his own household. So your, your family becomes enemies, but then people and strangers in Christ Jesus can become your family. That's a beautiful thing. So relationships are difficult. Uh, sometimes knowing what to do and what boundaries to set can be very difficult. Jesus encourages us to live at peace with all men, though, so we will do our very best to do that. I pray that you will do your very best, and I pray that, above all, your relationship God is first and foremost. If you have not given your life to Christ, today is the day to begin a relationship with Him. So if there's anybody who needs to be immersed into Christ, I encourage you to come and uh, let it be known today that you believe in him and want to give your life to him. And we'll teach you what you must do to be saved. Uh, if anybody has a response to make, you're welcome to come as we stand and sing.